Scott Wixon is an artist with a BFA from the Massachusetts College of Art and Design and an MFA from Yale University. By the time we met, Scott had worked his way up from art handler to operations manager at a well-known art museum housed in one of the most iconic buildings in New York City, the Solomon R. Guggenheim Museum. He was a person that met me in the employee entrance and led me down behind the scenes to a work area affectionately known as the Grotto. This was an assortment of hallways connecting a few workrooms, a freight elevator, and a small office. Scott worked in that little office, and I guess he was my boss's boss whenever I was there on a two or three week freelance gig. But I'm not sure. I wasn't paying close attention. Several years ago, we connected on social media, and I was able to follow his artwork and career a bit. After this conversation, I know Scott even better than before. Listen up. Hello. Hey, Larry. How are you doing? Scott, how are you? I'm great. What's going on over there? Oh, it's, uh, it's nice to be on Cape Cod. It's, oh, okay. Uh, we've been here since the 21st of March, so... Okay, awesome. So yeah. is that, uh, do you still have your uh, loft in yeah. Tribeca? Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> it's uh, it's it seems easier to live here at the moment. Right, right. Have you been back to the city? No, no. Like, it's like uh, good call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since we came, you know, we had just we had just been in Mexico City, but mm-hmm. it was sort of like all the sort of a risk. You know, we went. We went on the 10th of March and came back on the 18th. And okay. it was like, oh, <laughs> by the 18th, it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, and everything, every <laughs> shut it all down. Because, like, on Saturday, it was like a five-hour wait to get through customs. And we're mm-hmm. going, oh, my God. But we had no trouble. Oh. We just got, we didn't land till 9 at night. And I think we were probably the only plane that was, like, there at, at Kennedy at the moment because we just it was the quickest I ever got through customs, Scott, so that was geez. that was good. <laughs> wow! Mind if I ask you a couple questions about your career? You know, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, when are you going to when are you going to start recording? Aha! Uh-huh. So I'm recording now. You are <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so, because I like the sometimes the casual introductions are are. Uh, Part of the entertainment. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I really loved the one you did with Rob. Thank that, you. That was great. Yeah, yeah. He's and like, I will listen. I will listen to Joe and and Riches and some of the others, but I haven't as of yet. But uh, you know, I saw it on uh, Facebook yes. with Rob, and uh, you know, he's he's great. You know, he, he's he's so enthusiastic about everything. And exactly. Comes yeah. across wonderfully. Yeah, yeah, and he. Speaks highly of his days at the Guggenheim. So, yeah, congratulations on being a uh, a new granddad. That's right. Yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> it, it seemed it seemed like we're in outer space, though. That you know we can't actually see the baby, but you know so we've we've done uh, various video stuff. You know, oh, FaceTime and, okay. and and in the house, all that skyping so. baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he seems to be a very good baby, and uh, he's uh, doing well. So we're very happy about that. And his, his sister is adjusting to having a new one. You know, it's oh, always a challenge. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. she's like two and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. She's old enough to be jealous, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, 
like my daughter Alex, when we had the twins, yeah, she for years said, "Why did you have to have them? My friends that are single children are very happy." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but no, they all get along now, and mm. you know, it's 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 nice and it's a big difference them being in the city and yeah. they're hoping they can get here this summer, but, uh, who knows? Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. I feel so cautious or, 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 you know. Yeah. So now that they're opening things down there, are things actually opening? Uh, not. Yeah. Some things are opening. Some people are doing, I'm not going out yet the the university mm-hmm. is talking about slowly uh opening a uh, transitionally opening and but our museum hasn't uh made a definite decision or we haven't been told that we can open up yet so right so a little bit nervous about how that's gonna go <laughs> So are they doing online things at this point? Or? Yeah, we we uh, like they're doing online uh, classes, and and we uh, our museum staff had an online Zoom meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they're a little bit different because um, only the department heads uh, speaks in most cases. Right. So that then then the rest of us sit quietly in our little <laughs> Hollywood squares boxes and listen. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Scott, you were at the Guggenheim for like uh, almost 20 years before I even showed up there. Right. It started April, 1974. Yes. Amazing. So that I didn't come till after the, um, the tower. That was like the reopening. Right. Can it you, was very different back then. That yeah, because that's I have a lot of questions about it. Like, what what was it like before the tower? Well, it was also before TSB. You know, the 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 offsite building. Everything was at the museum. Ah, uh, okay. Not there was a little storage um, in an outside warehouse, but the majority of it was at the museum. Yeah. The six the six ramp which became was was closed and earlier on the oh. fifth ramp was closed because in the early days like, they had conservation way up top oh. and and but then we had these air walls which you would pump up and then you could take down and the larger sculpture and some of the uh paintings mm-hmm. were stored behind these air walls whoa explain that air wall to me again that's there um there there would be the height of the of the um, bay, and they were about three and a half feet wide, and they had they would like lock together, and then you'd use you'd use a pump, you know, mm-hmm. like a n- not a hand pump, but you yeah. know, motorized pump, and you'd 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 that would make a seal, and then we would tape we would tape the seams uh-huh. and repaint the walls, uh- and back then there was there wasn't different divisions it was it was all the same people doing everything oh it was just staff just well we had out we sometimes would hire painting contractors Mm -hmm. to do painting Mm -hmm. but um the shop was in the basement 
like okay. where the, where the grotto and all that was mm-hmm. was it that's where the wood shop was okay and there was a spray booth in the back and i used to spray frames okay with lacquer oh, which you know it's you sort of get a little uh lightheaded a little, you yeah, wear, a ma- yeah. wear a mask and all that but we made all the plexi boxes we made the bases you know, we did everything. We had we had a framer, uh-huh. this, this uh, old English gentleman, Jack Leonard. Okay. And he, he made name. the frames, but the art handlers did all this other stuff. So we were carpenters, art handlers, or jack of all trades. Yes, yeah. Doing all these things. So how many? Um, so there was not was there there wasn't a specific art handling department, or was? Yeah, there was. Okay. There was, well, first there was just preparation, but. As time went on, they opened up galleries like two two A, which is Tower Two. That was preparations. Okay. And it had paint. It had painting screens in there, and a small amount of back area where sculptures were stored. Mm-hmm. But that's where all the framing was done. Okay. And uh, and then four, which is Tower Four, was conservation. Okay. And the small rotunda, like on the other side was offices like the third floor was all offices the fourth floor was tom messer's office and they'd have some trustees meetings and things in there wait so wait. The, oh, the, oh, i'm confused this is before the the, the uh, this tower is before edition. this is yes before the tower edition but okay you know where they where they actually i think they they the third floor was all offices then it became the small rotunda you know it had that that became a uh, gallery space, like okay. right above uh, Tannhauser. So it, Tan- two, yeah, two. Tannhauser was like originally the library. Okay, but that was before my time. All right, the library was moved over across the way, and then for a while, conservation was where the where the restaurant was or is now oh, okay. that was that became conservation after uh, after they moved it out of the fourth floor okay okay and once they had the the tsb then photography photography was in the basement also oh, amazing. you know so everything was like it was unbelievable we had like i had my office in the basement next to the mail room like <laughs> on on the outer edge you know like opposite where the grotto, well, the part of all the grotto was, you know, and then the yeah. back part had the table saw okay. and other things, you know, it was very small and oh, uh, we all did all this stuff. And I got hired, my friend, Tony Moore, he graduated. We were roommates actually at Yale, but he okay. was a year after me. Mm-hmm. I had gone out to California for a year and I came back and I got a loft uh, with the, with the, Another Mass Art alumni, Joe McNamara, who's yeah. a, he's still a painter. Okay. He's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. And so we, we paid key money to get into a loft on Green Street. Okay. And uh, yeah. I, start, I started working on a building on 3rd Street. I was, a friend of mine called me up. Mm-hmm. I had just come back from California. Yeah. And he said, you want to come and work on a loft in New York? Uh-huh. So we, I worked on a, in a loft on Sixth Avenue and Third Street for six months. Okay. I changed all the window. I'd never done glazing before. They oh. were all metal windows. I re- I replaced every every pane of glass in the thing. 
Was it one and, of those giant windows with eight by twelve panes? Or, yeah, um, but I think they're they're big windows, and sometimes it was really hard to get them out. I had to like chisel out the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite an ordeal. Jeez. So I did that in other jobs, and then and then I made stretchers with a friend, and we actually had selling. They were Lebrun stretchers. I don't know if you know what those are. Mm-hmm. They have the tight tight joint fasteners. And uh, Jimmy LeBrun made these, and we actually sold some to to Costelli and some other big galleries, but uh. couldn't keep it going because the, they wouldn't pay you for months and months and months, you know. Oh. And when you don't have much money, it's hard to do that. Yeah. So then I decided I have to look for a job, and Tony, I told Tony about it. So they both they hired us both at the same time because okay. we. Both graduated from Yale, and I guess they were impressed by that. But, yeah, yeah, of course they were. <laughs> but they only was paying us seven thousand dollars a year, which even even in seventy four wasn't enough to live on. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot. It's been, no, I had to do I had to do side jobs to <laughs> make make the rent. <laughs> what, what What was your uh, title when they first hired you? I was an art handler. All right, it was okay, okay. But then. Um, they were deciding they were going to start an operations department mm-hmm. and Saul Furstein, who was the preparator and he had been there since the fifties, the early fifties. And he Amazing. said, well, Scott's been very helpful to me. You know, mm-hmm. he's been spraying these frames. A lot of people say, Oh, who wants to do this? This right. is like terrible. You agreed to do the crappy job. So, so, so uh, I first became the operations coordinator, and then I became the operations manager, and I was there for many, many years. And so, you know, at that point, it was all together. There weren't separate departments, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, we just did everything. So you didn't have like 40 or 50 people running around all over the building in those days? We didn't have what? Of like 40 or 50 uh, freelancers. No, we would hire, we did hire freelancers, uh-huh. but, you know, for the installations. Yeah. And, um, but that, you know, it, it, it just became bigger and bigger and bigger. Amazing. So like when, when I was first there, there were still a number of people besides Saul Furstein. Mm-hmm. Oren Riley was the conservator. He had been there since the 50s. 50s. Bob Mates was the photographer. Same deal. And Agnes Conley ran the whole business office by herself. Uh There was no development. It was, it was, they only had one membership level, which was like, I think $300. Mm -hmm. And so you had to, at that point, you you had to be fairly well off to do that. Uh So it it was a totally different world. Wow. That is, yeah, that's bare bones. So do you, um, do uh, you have stories about, uh, Hillary, like that. that Hillary Bay. Hillary Bay. Yeah, Hillary. She was the director. Well, I just looked it up that she actually she was director till fifty two. So I mean, Saul had told me stories of things like that when she was often in a bad mood. I guess it was in the last years of her time there, uh-huh. and so the art handlers would hide in case she would happen to be in a bad mood. Oh, she'd no. fire people. Oh no. Oh. And also, he said that she had mandatory staff meetings where she'd talk about her conversations with God. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-oh. I think she was a spiritualist. Yeah, I mean, I read a little about her, and I, I can kind of identify with the, some of the spiritual side, but I, I wouldn't, I promise, 
to never, uh, you know, force anybody to listen to my, um, yeah, pre musings so, or, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and Oren Riley would do, um, he would do private jobs there. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so there, you know, like one time, um, Benny, Benny Goodman was there cause he was doing, working on a, a piece for him, ah. you know, and, and he'd have, you know, so there'd be various interesting people Wait, coming. Oh, through. you mean the, 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 uh, conservator would be working on something for he'd be working on a painting that benny goodman owned oh interesting and in the early days also i saw um calder many times uh -huh. you know he just he would just come no fanfare you know and he'd just be go and go go to shows and you know and i i saw him quite a few times you know it was that was fascinating oh that's yeah and so just like, I mean, back back then, I mean, these are like, I came through art school in the early 80s, so a lot of these characters I only know from art history books, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, these guys are walking around, you know, New York City and, and mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, I don't know, did, I don't know if Joe talked about going out to dinner with Dan Flavin. Did, when he, mm. when you did your talk with him, did he did I'm he mention sure. that? No, no. I want. Was this before the the we put the column up, or was it? It was. Um, I think he was having a retrospective at the Guggenheim uh -huh. at that point. Um, I don't remember that, that. I think that was before your times. Well, my first but, show was 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 Dan Flavin. Like I was there. Oh uh, well, that might have been yeah. it. Uh, so so what was it? You guys went out to dinner with him. I didn't know. Joe did. Joe did. Joe did. Okay. You know, so, but I just want, I haven't listened to his talk, so I didn't know if he had mentioned that. But that was, he was quite a character. Okay. You know, he, he got married at the Guggenheim. I think he's yes. he was like the first person. Mm -hmm. Were you there when that happened? I was there. I don't know if I was there for the wedding, but I knew about yeah. it or saw pictures or. Right. Mm -hmm. He got married by his giant pink column. Right. Yeah, yeah. But one of one of the early great experiences was working with Joseph Boyce. Yeah, tell me about he, that. When he had when he had the retrospective mm -hmm. there, and I think that was in '78. Uh huh. They brought in his Volkswagen bus. The you know the I don't know if you know that piece. It has the Volkswagen bus, and then it has all these sleds that no. that go behind it. They had to bring that in through the the windows on the main floor. Uh -huh. would open up and for that and for other different large pieces mm -hmm. we'd, we'd have to build a ramp out to the parapet and wheel those things in through the window because the windows were hinged and you could then bring in that's because yeah. you couldn't get them in any other way yeah yeah i think so, i did that once with some, with a crew but i think that was the first time i saw that happen wow when you brought in the volkswagen bus which was then put on in front of the high gallery with the sleds coming down behind it. <laughs> and they, they installed, we installed this large piece in the high gallery with all these stacks of felt that then had copper sheets on top of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And after we did it, uh, boys handed me 500 marks and said, divide this up with the crew. Did you, <laughs> did you do that? I did. Yes. Yeah. 
I can get it converted to, you know, U.S. dollars and divided it up. I don't remember what that came to, but so, uh, at the time, it was a nice gesture. Yeah, that was sweet of him. But it probably was more, better than dollars at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Was it? I, I don't really remember. Mm. But uh, and it, you know, it was the show was like he he was known for doing all these events. Mm -hmm. It really the installation was more like an event. Yeah. Then because you would just sort of like you'd have this okay this happened and there might be video of of what actually happened like he he was in Soho with a wolf uh -huh. and. And one of the gallery, I don't know if that was Costelli or what gallery that was, but he did this piece with a wolf in the gallery. And and a, uh, a live wolf? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I never saw that, uh -huh. but I but I rem remember reading about it. Okay. Did, did, you, uh, did you get a chance to talk to him at all? Or? Um, we did talk a little, but one thing that was really fascinating, this guy, Art Papier, who's an art handler mm -hmm. at the time with us, he did an interview with Boyce in in my office, uh, and uh, you know, so we were sort of listening to that, and it and it got it got published, and uh, Boyce said it was one of the best interviews. Art went on to his parents were both doctors, and he actually went on to become a doctor after oh, being an art handler cool. and changed professions. Uh, I did not take that route. <laughs> <laughs> well, were your parents doctors? No, oh well, no, no, I did, yeah. <laughs> I was not, yeah, that's true. I didn't no. know those, uh, those roots either. No. <laughs> you, is this true? You, I, I, uh, maybe Joe told me this. You were known to have said, I was here long before you, and I'll be here long after you're gone. <laughs> so I, just, so <laughs> I, don't, recall, I don't recall saying <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't know if, that, if I ever, it's mm. possible. It's possible. It's possible, it's, yeah. but uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, did, uh, tell me a little bit more about Saul uh, Furstein and and, uh, and uh, any of his stories that he might have had and what it was like working with like old timers. Because when you started, you must have been twenty. I was twenty. I was twenty six when 26? I started. Okay, right. And these guys must have been in their forties uh, well, or fifties. So, yeah. Well, Saul Saul left. When when Thomas Krenz came, he said he says I I've had enough. <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't need to go through that. Um, okay, but um, though I mean the, the two, those were the, the two stories I told you were mm -hmm. the ones that stand out in my mind about okay. them hiding from Hillary Bay ah. and all that mm -hmm. and and uh, you know and the talks with God. But uh, you know just hearing about how how things were in the old days because you know they actually uh were there before the Guggenheim was built i guess they were they mm -hmm. were in midtown mm -hmm. another museum and mm -hmm. then and then the um the building that was there was converted into a museum before they tore it down and, and built the Guggenheim oh, so okay so it was already there was some kind of building that was that was a museum in, the, in that location yeah, it was like an apartment building, but then they converted it into a museum. Okay, all right. And the Guggenheim used to own the apartment building behind it. And unfortunately, at, at sort of when the market was at its low, about 74, uh -huh. they sold it. You know, oh. when, the, when the real estate market was at a low, because they could have certainly used that space. They sure. could have moved offices in there, mm -hmm. whatever, but mm -hmm. that didn't happen. Oh. 
So, uh, tell me about uh, this that, uh, Exxon exhibition. That, um, oh, well, that um, was that was quite a thing. You know, um, I was I was chosen to be in the first Exxon exhibition. They did a series that this was young American artists. They mm-hmm. did they did Italian artists. Um, they did Australian artists. They did British artists. They did they did it about six different times. Uh-huh. Diane Waldman and Linda Shearer were the curators of the show, and um, I had shown them slides, and they had come for a, a studio visit. Mm-hmm. And to my great surprise, they said they wanted to put me in the show. Hey! And I was doing big uh, paintings. I had a platform in my studio mm-hmm. that I I would stretch canvases on this platform. It was like eight by sixteen feet. Okay. And I did stain painting into the raw canvas and I drew with basting tubes on, on that. So that's the kind of work that I was doing. Was that one? I saw a photo of you standing in front of something. No, that, that was later. That that's an oil painting. Uh, What is a basting? I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like if you're doing a Turkey or something and you want to get, I see. So you could, you know, I have loose paint, you know, acrylic, pick it up with a basting tube, and then you could draw with a basting yeah. tube. Yeah. Do you have any uh, images of those paintings? Um, I have them in slides, but those are in New York. I don't okay. think I have any. Uh, right. And there, there was a catalog for that show, which I also have in New York. And ah. the Guggenheim purchased a painting, so that's in the collection. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. And I sold... I sold a number of other paintings. So the next year, my wife and I did our, our had our, we weren't married at, let's see, when we were, the, yeah, we got married in 79. I, I don't know okay. if it was before or after our marriage, but we went, we went to Europe for the first time ah. and had a, had a great trip. Beautiful, and beautiful. Wow, so, uh, oh, and also the thing, when, when the curators told Thomas Messer, the director, mm-hmm. that they wanted to put me in the show, and he says, well, as long as neither of you are sleeping with him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well good i'm glad he had some uh some standards <laughs> yeah uh, so and and then on, on early one of the early shows that we did there was was mayo the the big sculptures are they're mainly women you familiar with those no 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 well he's a french artist mm-hmm. and the curator doing that show I think it was her first major installation. Mm-hmm. So she had us moving these around endlessly. And they oh. they weigh like 300, 400 pounds. Oh, so Messer, Messer, Messer <laughs> finally came out and said, Linda, I'm going to take over. Uh, Installed it very efficiently. And this is the only time that I think this ever happened. He gave the whole all of the art handlers a week off. Ah, uh, Beautiful. Which was very good for me because mm-hmm. I had recently moved into my loft on Duane Street. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I I really needed that week to, mm-hmm. to get some work. Because, like, when I moved in, we still didn't have a sink. We didn't have, you know, it was totally raw. There was, there was a tinsmith in there before us. Uh-huh. And I had to rebuild the whole thing. The floor was like a barn. Made. I sanded. It was fur. I sanded that. I uh-huh. my my wife's a choreographer, and I built. I laid a, a maple floor for her Amazing. in the front of the place. Amazing. 
I hung 80 sheets of sheetrock on the ceiling. Uh, I had I had a did, friend help me. Okay, good. You know we you know we <laughs> we I rented one of those hoists, those pneumatic hoists that you can put the four by eight sheets oh, on, okay. okay, and raise them up to the ceiling and then screw them in. Good deal. How high but, were your ceilings? Are they? Uh, they're about 10, 11 feet. Okay, okay. But I that was essential because. I could see light from the floor, from the 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 from the floor loft above. above. Yeah. Loft above, yes. <laughs> our floor in our loft. I don't know what they did in the back section, uh-huh. which became my studio. There's a seven foot, a seven inch rather, uh-huh. concrete slab, uh-huh. and it had drains in it. Ah. I think at one point it was a chicken processing place. Oh wow. So I mean, this place had this. This buildings were built in the 1860s. Mm-hmm. So they 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 went through a lot of changes. Right. Anything. And yeah. um, so our floor it was it had two two regular three quarter inch floor uh, flooring and one of uh, inch and a half flooring. So mm-hmm. we had phenomenally heavy flooring plus that concrete. But okay. the one above had only one. I see. And uh, and to this day, I I wish that we had I had put some. Um, noise suppressant ah. because it's still a problem i can hear my neighbor upstairs walk around he, Amazing. he's a he's a photographer mm-hmm. alan tannenbaum who moved in the same time as us uh-huh. was 45 years ago oh. yeah you didn't put any insulation in there well yeah it was soundboard is what i think oh, I, I see needed, but, yeah yeah that would have been all- but you know Money was, uh, sure. I didn't have much. No, no, you're still in your 20s at this point, still like. Yeah. Well, like when I when I was on Green Street, mm-hmm. my other loft, like Joe McNamara and I, we, we paid 350000 no, $3,500 key money. Amazing. To move in. What, wait, what and does key money mean? That means you, the person who had it before, who was actually just renting, but uh-huh. he, he, had owned the fixtures like he had put in like banks of fluorescent lights okay. and he left everything he uh-huh. left all his he was an illustrator okay so we had that and when our lease was up we found out that they had sold the building to mm-hmm. bob morris I'm sure you know uh, the name sounds familiar but i don't he's a he's a uh he's a sculptor you know okay oh yeah yeah oh Ro- yes yes robert, robert morris, morris. Another, yeah yeah and Evelyn Krauss, who's an art critic and an architect, the three of them bought Amazing. the whole building for $400,000. Jeez. And I remember going to lofts in Soho at mm-hmm. that time. You could, you could buy a floor for 35000 a raw floor. Oh, boy. Amazing. But the, but the only reason I had any money to do this is because we had a, we had a camp out on the beach on the Cape, which the the government had turned into the national seashore uh-huh. and, and they made us, they, they gave my father money for the place and we had use of it for 25 years, which we didn't actually get uh-huh. because the perfect storm washed it. Amazing. <laughs> destroyed it. Wow. But, oh. but, uh, well, that's, yeah, it's good. You had a, like a little break there or something to work with. Right. But this was, uh, it was quite an experience, you know. When when we moved to Tribeca, yeah. our our landlord had he was a cheese and egg wholesaler, and okay. the whole street, Dwayne Street, was all cheese and egg wholesalers. Cheese, cheese and egg, like everywhere on this. Yeah, 
that whole street, and there were there were a few on Hudson Street also. Okay. And because you know what what became known as Tribeca originally was called Washington Market because there are five streets in a row that run away from the river because that's where before Hunter's Point, all of the greengrocers, that's where everything came in. They came into the docks there, and I met an old timer when I was first there uh-huh. who remembered the horse-drawn carts going oh. to the docks and and loading up Amazing. with produce. Where were the docks again? Like on the on the Hudson River. On the Hudson River, uh, like what street was it? What? Well, you know, all it's along sort of the... like, you know, like Dwayne and uh, Harrison, Northmore. Leonard, they all they all run away. The, the, it, I guess Northmore is the first one that you can actually go towards the river. Uh-huh. There's like five in a row that go away from the river because that's where they would. That's I guess where the main produce came in, and they would load up stuff. Okay. And, and and Tribeca back then was was still not that developed. It, it it had it still had many many warehouses. Like there was a spice warehouse on Northmore that every, it, it just, it, it was so full of spices. You just walked down the street and it was so, such an oh, amazing. amazing, strong smell uh, of, of spices. Uh, I worked for a mural painting place on, Le, is, was there a Les Bernard Street? Yes. Okay. I think that's where I was like, and there was, they rented a law from somebody across the street to work in, but you know, in, in the nineties, mm-hmm. so that, and that was a kind of a uh, fantasy just to to visit it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know what they were going for in the nineties. Well, everything is skyrocketed. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, and and the, the and no more no more cheese and egg wholesalers in the neighborhood. No, I mean my. Uh, my landlord still lives in the building, and he and his wife bought the building next door in the 80s. Uh-huh. And he ran the business after his father, but, uh, and he, he had our building and the ones on both sides, the basement, first floor. And, but then he moved to, to Secaucus uh, eventually, and uh, the whole thing changed, and then he sold oh, the business. Amazing. Yeah, but it was, it was very different. Amazing. So you guys own though. You own your your flat. We don't know. Oh, We're no. Rent- oh. no. It's it was under the, the loft law. Okay. So um for years they didn't raise the rent. We we paid three fifty for the first five years. Oh, good deal. Because yeah, we did all that work, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we were responsible for everything in the in the loft. Mm-hmm. So like if the water heater broke I replaced oh, it, you, oh. you know, whatever, yeah. you know, I did, I did all the wiring. I did everything but the plumbing. I yeah. Built, that's built what out the place. Yeah. You did not have plumbing when you moved in or we had, no, well, we had some electricity, uh-huh. but there were, there was like old BX cable hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. which I had to replace. So they, the landlord oh. put in, put in a, a riser, you know, in a, in a box. Mm-hmm. And then I just ran everything out of that. Okay. And my father was an electrical contractor, so I had learned okay. a few things about how to do basic wiring. Uh, I don't doubt it was actually to code, but uh-huh. uh, 
It but, was close enough. Uh, yeah, it was probably. probably I didn't safe. burn the place down, yeah, so good deal. <laughs> that matters. <laughs> so you've been there for forty-five years. Forty-five years, now? years yeah. That is very impressive. I haven't been anywhere forty-five years. Yes. Well, you're younger than I am, anyways. Yeah. I'm seventy-two. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when. I uh, maybe talk a little bit about the transition with the new when the new towers were built and the, the time in between because that's okay. That's, I don't know. It was like that was my well, introduction. So well, when when they closed down the building mm -hmm. and they, it wasn't heated, there the the paint started peeling off the walls and oh. it was oh. amazing. The number of layers of paint was just astounding. Oh. And you could see it, like the various colors mm -hmm. and all that. And also, when when you peel down the wall, then you mm -hmm. saw all the holes in the, in the web walls, how mm -hmm. many holes were drilled, drilled in those in. walls, yeah. all the different things that were hung on them. Mm -hmm. You'd see all these plugs in the wall. <laughs> you know, it was that wow. was amazing. While the while the museum was closed, they they traveled this um, show of masterpieces from the, the modern collection mm -hmm. and we traveled with it so you know uh -huh. we went to, we went to salzburg venice tokyo sydney wow like that, you know and uh yeah that was fantastic amazing so they yeah that sounds awesome and, and they uh, made uh, use of you and their collection mm -hmm. <laughs> while they were clo closed wow so uh, but, how many years but that was, was a Go ahead. How many how many years? Well, it it was uh, around two thousand two thousand and one. Mm -hmm. I think it wasn't that what it is. I think no. that's when it was. No, was the, it earlier? No, yeah. It, 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 wait, wait. Oh, that's the it, the reopening was ninety two or three because that's when I showed up. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Then it's back there. I, yeah. So, oh, there. I think there was a second time they closed. Maybe when they were building, when they were putting on the tower. Is this one? That's when they were putting on the tower. But I think they did earlier. They did a whole another renovation. I think because wow. uh, uh, I think those are two different ones. I think okay. I'm confusing it a little bit. I okay. think one was one was earlier when okay. they had it all closed down, and uh, they also had to the 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 skylight. The Oculus was leaking a lot mm -hmm. at that point, so they had to like replace a lot of and and replace glass and seal it and all that we used to have buckets around on the top ramp because when it rained oh no there would be you know it would just be leaking all over Amazing. the place oh, <laughs> that was so they had to take care of that oh my god oh, what and I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if you know this but yeah. frank lloyd wright didn't design the building to have anything but natural light oh right that's what he would have preferred he, but that yeah. was kind of hard because, you know, what if it's totally cloudy yeah. or, you know, if it's to... raining or you want yeah. to do anything at night. <laughs> oh, my God. So then they put, they put the light in uh, uh, later, and that was a whole other thing also of changing. Oh. Like the lights in the front at one point were just fluorescent, mm -hmm. and then they, they left those uh, metal Enclosures, yeah, troughs or something. They, could, they yeah. could they could put more sophisticated lighting in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that's yeah that's right the, all those uh, uh skylight windows on the ramps that we sometimes had to fill with something to block the light right so that it could be controlled <laughs> Um, uh, let's see. What year was did the the Guggenheim took over the Peggy Guggenheim collection in Venice? Yeah, I, that was around eighty one. Uh huh. And uh, after, I actually remember seeing Peggy on the ramps at one point. I never actually met her, but I I saw her. Uh huh. I also saw Max Ernst on the ramps Amazing. at one point, but I, I didn't meet him. But you know, I did. I did meet, uh, you know, like Lichtenstein had a show, mm-hmm. and um, Jim Dine, Mario yeah. Mertz. You know, there were many, many artists that we worked with. Ken Nolan. Ken Nolan. So working on oh, Rosenquist. Yeah, I wanted to ask about Rosenquist. What's uh, what's he like? He was very down to earth. I mm-hmm. mean, most most of these these artists, when you, when you meet them, I mean, Mario Mertz was a sort of another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like he took one piece that he had owned. There were two pieces that different people owned, and he he combined them for the exhibition. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which um, is sort of like. Wait, he made them one piece. You made him one piece, yeah. Oh, sir. <laughs> I don't know how they worked that out. Yeah. <laughs> and also they found they found Jim Dine actually painting on a painting re- that he no had, longer owned. Oh. Wow. Amazing. So things like that that would happen. But back to back to Peggy. Yeah. So we took over the collection and I was sent to Venice with Tom Messer, the director, mm-hmm. to install the show at the first time it was going to reopen now that it was under our control uh, so i get th- i get there and the paintings are all in storage so mm-hmm. somewhere in the basement but there's also paintings stored under her bed and in the bathtub in her in her bedroom oh my goodness and um this place the they they would install works in the basement but mm-hmm. you know which was really iffy because it, sometimes it would get water in there yeah, and, Venice, the, yeah. and yeah <laughs> and it just had these these mas- um, masonite walls that were painted green mm-hmm. and they were very bizarre that... but at this point the the they still had all their living quarters the kitchen mm-hmm. dining room uh their you know, her private room, so they they eventually all became public space. But at that point, they weren't. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any assistance. So the um, Philip Rylands, uh, who was the director then in Venice, his wife uh, ran this program with the University of Maryland. So she got me two of the students who were doing a a, a summer program and. From the from the university to help me, uh-huh. and fortunately one of them spoke Italian because we had uh. to go to hardware stores and, <laughs> and find find things that would mm-hmm. work. Like we got these these hangers that had like a hook on one end, and they were like these rubber things you'd pop it through the wall, and then you'd screw it tight so this rubber thing would would keep it in place. So uh. that's what, that's what we used on the on the masonite walls downstairs. Okay. okay. And. So we, we worked all that out, and then I got to go to the opening dinner where they found a tuxedo from somebody, which mm-hmm. was the 
pants were way too big for me, but I was able with a belt to keep them up. And uh, so we were we went to we were over at the the Gritty Palace, which is this fancy hotel uh-huh. across the way, and people were brought across by gondola Amazing. to the to the museum for the for the dinner. Uh-huh. And Tom Messer thanked me during the dinner, you know, for hey. installing it and all. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty a wild. Great experience. You installed the the basement and the because I don't I'm not. Well, I installed all the regular galleries. Uh-huh. I mean, they we didn't like install in the kitchen, uh-huh. her bed, her bedroom. All these rooms eventually became part of the museum, okay. and then they they actually expanded beyond that across uh, okay. the way. But I was also I was there when Peggy was buried in the backyard. I mean, I didn't participate, but I, I saw them come in. Uh, so and her funeral. Yeah. She, well, it wasn't very formal, but uh-huh. she has her, she had all her dogs buried in the backyard. Uh, all her and, and pets she, from the she, past. Right. So she was cremated. So they, they had the urn and they, they, they buried her in the backyard. Wow. Amazing. With them. <clears throat> that, so she's buried there on the, is it on, on the, the grounds the, of the, in the museum? In the garden. Wow. Yeah, in the garden in the back. Is the garden yeah. still on on part of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, there's sculptures in the garden. Uh-huh. And there's this, this throne-like seat. And uh, and then now, now, but they expanded, so they, they took over the building behind that, and that's that's part of the museum. Ah, okay. Now cool. in more recent years. Oh. But that was one of the great parts of working at this job, that I, I got to travel a great deal. Yeah, that I is. I go yeah. exhibitions or with just individual art pieces, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to go to Australia three times. Amazing. And one, on one of those times, I went for their Biennale, and I'm not sure, I can't remember why, but mm-hmm. they, there was I had nine days free, so I went to Bali. <laughs> you went to... Bali. Bali. Wow. Indonesia. And, you know, that was fantastic. I, I traveled by uh, the local minibuses, they call BMOs, and uh-huh. I traveled all over the islands. Wow. I could, I could get um, little bungalows for like $7 a night with breakfast. Wow. This is a long time ago. You, but, yeah, you know, what year was, was this then? Was, um, let's see. It must have been uh, around 90. Nine, oh, okay. 91. I don't know. I'm not, I don't remember exactly. I know my kids were very young at the time. Okay. I also got to go to Japan five times. Jeez. And you know, in one of those times, I went, I traveled in all around the world in 19 days because I, <laughs> I let's see, I went to San Francisco. I flew to Japan. Uh-huh. I flew to I flew to Sydney. Uh-huh. I was like moving art, and then I had to take something back to Venice. Amazing. And then I back, so I got a lot of airline miles. That, <laughs> that, is, that is impressive. So you did you go as as courier or as yes a, okay. as a courier? Did you? And I traveled on mm-hmm. many um, um, freighters. Uh huh. Oh. And which is very unusual experience like because they they leave at ve- weird hours they often it's like they they don't like they don't have to meet a schedule so they mm-hmm. they sometimes they hold them because they don't they're not full mm-hmm. so they want to get more cargo or for various reasons they wow. they don't take off so they often take off in the middle of the night oh, no. so you wait freighter like 
chips or airplanes. Airplanes. Okay. Airplane right. freighters. Right. Okay. I mean, years ago they used to have combis sometimes where it was half a freight and, and half. half of it was freight and half of it was passenger, That's but right. I don't think okay. they ha they have those anymore. Okay. So sometimes cuz if something is over 67 inches, it mm -hmm. can't fit underneath a plane. Then it has okay. to go on a has to go on a cargo plane. Uh, all right. So what's the experience of a cargo plane then? The, the, uh... Well, it, it varies greatly. I was once on Flying Tigers, mm -hmm. which um, they don't exist anymore. But we were we, good, we were having <laughs> some problem with the airplane mm -hmm. where it, it was it it was like losing hydraulic fluid out of out mm -hmm. of one of the wings or something. Mm -hmm. so, so we had to land in Chicago, mm -hmm. unload everything off the plane, and put it on another plane. Oh, geez. That's the, sort of one of the reasons why you send couriers. Because I, I remember yeah. another case where not me, but another person was on a flight where they unloaded the art and they left it on on the tarmac, and it was it, it was like <laughs> snowing. You know, it, you know. So you Oops. just have to try to you know make sure that. Yeah. Well. So yeah. on the on the freighter, are you able to um, keep your eye on your crate the whole time? Well, or you, you see it? No, it's because yeah. you're. Sometimes they they leave like the um, first class section uh, intact, or mm -hmm. sometimes they could just have a few seats. Okay. And I was on I was on uh, coming back from Japan one time uh -huh. and on JAL, the Japanese airline. Uh -huh. And I had my own steward because they, that's the, how they worked out the contract. I was the only passenger, uh -huh. and, I had a, and I had a steward. Because hey. usually when you're on these cargo planes, they just say, okay, th th here's food. You can heat it up when you want. Uh -huh. There's no entertainment. There's nothing to read. There's nothing to watch. Uh -huh. You're just uh -huh. sort of like you're just there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it varies because I, I did this also as, you know, when I – after 32 years at the Guggenheim, mm -hmm. I became collections manager at the New York Historical yeah. Society. That, how which was that? Which was now? a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. And the way I got that job was that Roy Eddy, who worked with me at the Guggenheim, mm -hmm. he, he um, was the like assistant to the director. Uh -huh. And so, you know, I found out about this. And so he, he asked me, is there any reason you can think of why i shouldn't hire you and i said well i don't know a lot about insurance as well don't worry about that I, okay. I know all about insurance all right but it was it was very strange to i had never been a registrar i mean okay. i'd worked the registrars my all always sure. Sure. was quite familiar with it all but when i took this job the so the the person i um was replacing was hired because a, a number of people that worked there were very much involved with 9-11 and they went to the 9-11 museum and they, oh. and so Dave, oh. David went to the 9-11 museum. So they just so, left. So, yeah. so, and, and some of the curators and all that, and we had, they had all gone to collect pieces. So we, we still have a huge amount. The, the, the historical society has lots and lots of 9-11, um, little, Many, many things. And oh, we, we actually, uh, we loaned a lot of things for the opening and then donated them to mm -hmm. the 9-11 Museum. Uh, but uh, okay. we really wanted to take more because we, we have all these shrines and, you know, very, all kinds of things. Oh, boy. 
that but nine uh, eleven made a uh, huge impact on that yeah. city. But when I so so he yeah. he went the week that I was hired, the assistant registrar uh, left and went to MoMA. Mm-hmm. No, she went. She went to the Met actually. Okay. So there was no one. The the they, the technical person like they they use the the museum systems to uh, like the Guggenheim does to mm-hmm. uh, keep track. That position was open. Mm-hmm. So I I so I start there and I don't have any staff because they're all the positions have all left. Amazing. <laughs> I uh. that was a very challenging to try to figure out this and learn all these things and but then it expanded and and they really hadn't started traveling very many shows mm-hmm. before that time mm-hmm. but then they really that became a focus as a way to make money and to expand the collection and get it known more so mm-hmm. we traveled many shows and i traveled with most all of them okay I mean, other people would too. I wouldn't do it every time, but right, like right. We, we have a huge Tiffany collection, Tiffany lamps. So that that traveled, and and that went to um, outside of Amsterdam to a museum, and also to um, Munich. And you went with and, that one. I went, yes, and and to Albuquerque, wow. and I rode with it to Albuquerque, and after this, this. When you when you ride across country, I've done this in Europe oh, many boy. times, also mm-hmm. riding riding in trucks. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different story in the U.S. They just go. They don't. You know, it's not a. It's I. I don't know how these people live like this because often they would just get their food and, mm-hmm. and at these truck stops, it's not a great selection, and they right. would just keep driving. Right, you know, right, right. Eat, eat while you're driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas in Europe. They would try. They would not drive more than twelve hours a day, mm-hmm. and you'd go. You'd get to a hotel and get some sleep, and then right. you'd go. So, like, going from Liechtenstein to um, Munich, uh-huh. no, no, to, Munich, to, to Madrid, uh-huh. it took three days. Okay. So you know, we went to Leon the first day, and then outside of Barcelona, and then the third day to Madrid. So, but like driving to Albuquerque, mm-hmm. I didn't have a bunk. I was in the same seat for like 36 hours straight <laughs> and i said that's it i'm never i'm never gonna <clears throat> that's too much i'm not gonna do that and again mm-hmm. whereas you know you actually have to pay more usually but if you it's it's such a having a bunk makes mm-hmm. a huge difference yeah you get yeah. you get to at least stretch out you may not get much sleep right. but just so the 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 the, the, the driver didn't Sleep for thirty six, or did they? Was they it, have. There's always two drivers. Oh, they switch off. They switch off. Right. Yeah. So they might. They have a bunk. Uh, okay. But I uh, mean, like, like the case where there was two bunks, but mm-hmm. they had the other bunk totally full of stuff. Still the storage. Oh, okay. They oh, also dear. happen to have two <laughs> two little dogs with them. Oh. <laughs> and and pee pads. <laughs> so oh, was... pee pads. <laughs> ah. Yeah, in the truck. Oh, so they don't even have to take a dog break yeah not not unless they yeah the other thing yeah yeah it's a strange world (laughs) that is wild yeah that would get that would get old fast Uh, i just uh took this opportunity to look up uh say who's soto or jesus soto soto yeah he's a soto yeah well that was yeah that was a quite an amazing thing because 
we built, and this was the art handlers, mm-hmm. not riggers, which right. it should have been. I we see. built the structure mm-hmm. out of I-beams that went up to the fourth level <sighs> on, the, on the ground floor, and then it had all of these pieces. It was called the penetrab. It had all these, like, um, screens full of um, plastic tubing. Yeah. And at one point, one one of the um, I think it's a piece of one of the scaffoldings. Like mm-hmm. it actually came. I don't know why it happened, but it actually it it fell, mm-hmm. and it actually stuck into the pool. You know, the the lead lined pool. Oh, it it actually stuck in it. We said, "Oh my God, that had hit somebody." <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. And this, we were so. Uh, we were still like painting parts of this thing as mm-hmm. people were waiting to come in for the opening. Good That's how close it was to, to get it, to get it done. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's just amazing that they would think that just that you guys would be like installing. Yeah. Well, this guy, I-beams. Chris Kramer, this guy, Chris Kramer, who mm-hmm. worked there, he, who's married to it. He's, he now lives in New Zealand. He's mm-hmm. retired. His wife is from New Zealand and they mm-hmm. he's retired there, uh-huh. but he, he was sort of the main, the main guy on that. He, so he, he had, had some knowledge of how to do it with. Yeah. Yeah. But sport. it's like, I mean, just that, that they would actually take a chance to let us do this was yeah. like astounding. That is amazing. Yeah. You probably, you, you saved them, uh, especially since no one died, you saved them a lot of money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so, uh, well, what prompted you to, to leave uh, the Guggenheim? Cause I really thought, you know, I didn't think you would ever go. Well, it wasn't my decision. Oh, I see. So it was, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have an option on that. It it was an unfortunate situation, but uh, no, fortunately I was able to, I actually worked at Transcon, which is a a commercial place Uh for for a year Mm -hmm. because I had been doing work with them. So they, they hired me for a year Uh. and then, Got the job at uh, New York Historical. Okay. Yeah. What uh, What was Transcon like? Was that a well? It's a, a it's commercial. They're a shipper, and they made crates. And then I I used them for a number of years to make the uh, crates for the shows we were traveling. Ah. Okay. Okay. And what they wanted me to do was tr- try to get them work with museums, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's a very hard thing to do. No, because you know, yeah. you got box art and Crozier and and mm-hmm. Artex and all these other companies. You know, it's, there's a lot of competition. Yeah, there's so many companies that like yeah. like to do work with people they're used to using. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Another really interesting yeah. experience was was working with Zaha Hadid. Yes, uh, right. Tell me about her, because I remember uh, I worked on the Italian show. I remember her. I didn't remember her name, but Rich brought her up, and I think I've talked to Joe about her also. Yeah, tell me. Well, she she had this very elaborate design of mm-hmm. things that would like cantilever off of the parapets. Uh huh. Unfortunately, there was only one company that said they could do it in the time frame mm-hmm. and the cost. But they were not able to do it. So uh, that was like a totally aborted effort because, uh, I mean, it was so elaborate. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of her things were done, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that was a total failure. It just shows you, you, you can't 
you know, if people say it's going to take this much and cost this much, mm-hmm. and then someone else says, well, I can do it for half that, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't do it. Yeah, right, so, right. Not necessarily, right. That, but uh, there were some wild shapes. Oh, but this wasn't the, was this Italian show, or was it a different show that I... Uh, I can't remember what show it was, like, actually. Was one sure show you, could look, you could you could look it up, but I okay. I, I don't remember what okay. what show it was. I I know it had some very very complex things that were going to protrude over the parapets mm. and no. didn't didn't happen. Amazing. Tell me about your artwork, Scott, because I've seen some images and they're they're like uh, they're lyrical. They're kind of like clay and. Kandinsky. Yeah, well, I, I, Kandinsky, well, Clay and Kandinsky, the Guggenheim has huge holdings of both of those, and they were they big just influences. rub off on you. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I've been working on paper since I retired three mm-hmm. years ago, uh-huh. and you know, I, I had planned on bringing oil paint. I had canvases and and my paints and all that uh, when I was set to come to the Cape, but. I, I rented an SUV, but they gave me they gave me a Jeep, which uh-huh. wasn't as big as I had hoped. So I, I actually couldn't fit them into the vehicle. Uh-huh. So I said, well, okay, I'll stay with stay with works on paper uh-huh. for the time being. Uh-huh. But you know, I I love going to these. I've been going to residencies. Yeah. Last, uh, well, my wife, my my four years ago when I was still working, my mm-hmm. wife had a five week residency in Venice, uh-huh. and I went for twenty three days and. Um, did six watercolors uh, while I was there, and and really enjoyed it. So uh-huh. then the next year we went we went to Ireland, and we were right on the uh, Atlantic coast and okay. so- southern Ireland, and we had th- these stone uh, cottages. Which this this village had actually survived the the famine by fishing and growing on this hill. Uh-huh. And so they had renovated some of these places, and that was great. It was full of sheep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then, the, and then the next last two years, we went to Portugal to this mm-hmm. this place that's um, about two hours east of Lisbon, and we loved that place uh-huh. and did a lot of work there. I sent you a video of what I did. Yes. Uh, yeah. There yeah. last last year. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so- yeah, so I've 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 always painted, even though it's you know I always worked full time. I stayed with it mm-hmm. and uh, show off and on. And I was in in the Touchstone Gallery for years, and then that closed. And uh, you know, so it's uh, I've managed to sell quite a bit of work mm-hmm. over the years. But you know, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's just I think it's amazing if the artists that stay active, you know. Regardless, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, did you ever have long uh, breaks? No, between, not really. You know? I mean, I mean, you know, there'd be there'd be some months I wouldn't do anything, sure. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Uh, I've always pretty much stayed with it, and uh, you know, it's it's something that's important to me, and I will always do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Good job. Did I? Did, I don't know. Yeah. Did you look? At, did you look at my website? Did I give you my website? Oh no, but share it with me because I've. Yeah, it's scottwixon.com. Okay. 
Oh, that's yeah. I will be able to find that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've got lots of lots of works on paper and, and oils uh, on that. Beautiful, beautiful. Do you, um, what did I? I feel like I didn't ask something, or there's more. You know, I have more questions. Well, let's see. Well, you. I mean, you. Re- here's a kind of a question. I. How do you raise kids in a in a city like New York? Yeah, well, we, we have three kids, and uh, the twins just turned 33. Alex will be 36 in September. Amazing. And um, so in the loft, you know, at first we slept in the middle. Karen had the front as her studio, mm-hmm. and which always has remained her studio. Mm-hmm. I had the back as mine. But then when we had Alex... Mm-hmm. I had to build a bedroom in the back corner. And then once we had the twins, then I had to extend that bedroom and and build another bedroom. Uh So my studio kept getting smaller. Uh uh (laughs) And, you know, and I, I used to do very large canvases, Mm -hmm. but you know, they're near impossible to sell. And uh, so I started working smaller, Mm -hmm. but our kids, you know, growing up in Tribeca, they all, they went to Huh. Uh, they went to early childhood center uh-huh. on, on Brennan street. And, um, my son stayed in middle school in the neighborhood. They had just opened TS 89, mm-hmm. uh, across the West street where Sydney went to museum school and, and, uh, which was, they'd go to Brooklyn museum mostly, but it was, it was based in Chelsea and then they do these other things and, and Alex went to a school for artists and, and writers oh. in Clinton in, in, uh, on 11th Street. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then Al- Alex went to the art high school, LaGuardia. Oh, that's cool. Jeez. And uh, she then all went to um, New Pulse in painting and drawing and became, uh, and then she got a master's at City College in Art History Museum Study, and she's the head registrar at Gladstone Gallery. Hey. So she sort of followed Follow my suit. <laughs> yeah. Pretty of course, cool. my son, my son, mm-hmm. he does video editing and he does lots of things like for Snapchat and, and um, Instagram and ah. stuff like that. And he's been very successful oh, doing cool. that. Oh, yeah. And Cindy does social media. Um, she works for a, a company that that promotes women businesses. Ah, good deal. Good deal. But you know, they all they all went to uh, Sunnis after. Uh, no, they went to yeah Sunnis. Okay. Except for Alex going to, to City College for a master's, uh-huh. and you know the public schools worked out, mm-hmm. and they had lots of friends that that had artists parents from. Uh, living living down there and so they've always you know i used to bring them to all the guggenheim christmas parties yes so and for I, years on end i probably met i might have met alex I think. well alex actually was... worked she did her uh internship um when she was at uh, city college oh. she in the registrar's office ah. and in in um operations ah. And then she worked on shows um, after that, you know, okay. at, at the Guggenheim. I but I only she met her on when crew. she was, uh, I don't know, maybe seven, 
Yeah, no, this was after you've yeah. gone that she did that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Sydney used to work, she she worked a number of summers in, in the um, shop at the Guggenheim when she was in college. Ah, so, okay. you know, they're... Amazing. Yeah, they, that's that's a... I don't know, that's kind of a fantasy uh, childhood for me. It's kind of a... It's a sto- yeah, it's a different life. And I... Uh, Sometimes I wish I stayed in New York City, but I'm also glad I wasn't there on 9/11. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was, you know, that was. We had a whole crew out in Las Vegas at that time. Really? Yeah. They were sort of stuck out there. Yeah. Because you know they couldn't get back right away, and it was it was like oh, because we had the Las Vegas Museum. Oh right. Right, right. Who was in, Who was out there at the time? Do I know any of them? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you do, but I, 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 I just, it, no. I can't. You know, it's no, kind of no. hard to remember who was in New York and who was out there. But there were quite a, quite a number of people were Amazing. out there. Amazing. Oh, and we didn't even mention how we used to have the the Guggenheim Soho. We, was yes. that still around when you were I, when you um, were there? Well, I came back. You know, I used, after I moved, I came back a couple times. So I did. I did work at Soho. Oh, I, I hung the one of the. I think I hung the the Warhol show that that it opened with. I think. Oh, uh-huh. Those Warhol portraits. I remember running out the last minute, like wall paint on the wall was still drying, and Gorilla Girls were kind of protesting outside. I think. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I did some jobs. You, you weren't around when the rush did Rauschenberg uptown and downtown. Oh yeah, I was there for. I definitely was uh, uptown for Rauschenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, and that was exciting when we opened uh, Bilbao. I got oh. to go over there too. Oh yes, uh, tell me a little about that. I, I wasn't there for the initial installation, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I did. I did get to go. Uh, another time to bring some artwork over there and mm-hmm. yeah what a man fantastic museum i just can't and, imagine you know the i mean the shapes on the outside are bizarre i mean i guess the inside i don't know can you describe a little bit well the something I mean, you can't see they from call this the biggest the biggest gallery is called the fish uh-huh. and that and that's full of um Sarah, Richard Sarah Richard sculptures. Sarah, okay. Yeah, huge, huge sculptures. Mm-hmm. But um, it really changed the whole town, this museum. You know, it, it was sort of industrial, and mm-hmm. the river was rather polluted. Mm-hmm. They've cleaned up the place. They've expanded the subway mm-hmm. and all that. No, it's And it's changed. And, and most of the – some of the walls are a bit curved, but it, it, they're, they're more traditional. Mm-hmm galleries mm-hmm. okay oh which which reminds me uh back to the uh guggenheim because I, I wanted to ask because i know there's a history or, or some changes just on the simple act of hanging a a traditional painting on those walls on the ramps yeah you know there were different philosophies different techniques that were tried like you know i remember right well there there were you know sometimes we had these you probably were involved in installing those panels where they would put the panels across the. Did you ever do that? At least once, I helped yeah. uh, Tim install those. They they had like a, a, a an aluminum st- right. structure. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
So they would do that sometimes. And I think they've actually, since I've left there, uh, they've, they've changed it again, how they, how they install them. But, uh, you know, it's all, the whole thing is, sometimes we'd have curators come and they think that things have to be level and mm-hmm. which they can't be. Everything has to be done by sight. Right, right. And it's, as the floor is a three degree slope. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, yeah. you know, there's, uh, I don't know exactly how to yeah. do it, but, you know, you, you like, you yeah. put it, you, you start hanging the thing and then you have to visually do it and yeah. say, okay, that's right. Okay. And then you would put in the, the second uh, nail or clamp, depending on how heavy things were. Mm-hmm. And then things are, we use turnbuckles to bring them out yeah. from the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not only slanting down, it's slanting back and it, Right. And, uh, I and then cutting, s- go ahead. cutting pedestals, you know, like yeah, sometimes so they could, yeah. they'd be like, you'd make it a one and a half degree slant and mm-hmm. instead of, you wouldn't go the whole three degrees. You have to sort of do a compromise as to what's going to work uh, out. Right. Okay. Okay. See, cause I know that at least one, or maybe we changed it, but like, I remember hanging one day, uh, uh, where it was like the paintings were actually level and it looks just too weird because it's stair stepped. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Peculiar. So no one did any did curator ever insist on leaving it like that, or am I? There may have been some cases, yeah. but generally, even if it, uh, it's the outside curators that are, have a hard time with this, mm-hmm. you know, that's. But uh, I see. So the, the the inside ones have all accepted. Right. How it is. <laughs> Scott, is there something that I forgot to ask about? Well, I don't know. We've covered quite a lot. We did. If you so, you go through and edit this and try to put it in some orderly manner. Oh, I will. It, it's it's probably <laughs> you know going to turn out golden. <laughs> I really well. I've enjoy, I've really enjoyed this. And thank it's yeah. Been, and I look forward to listening to the other ones that you've done. Oh yeah, you check them out. It, I. And I really appreciate you agreeing to uh, share your story with me. And, uh, c- you know, call me back if you th- think of something else and and we'll, uh, we'll include it. <laughs> All right. Great. All right, Scott. Thanks so much. Uh, give my, my best to your family and, I ho- and uh, stay uh, healthy and safe. <laughs> you too. All righty. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Scott is out on the Cape breathing fresh air and making art. I've just been to his website, and it's brilliant. I'll share a link in the show notes. This was an awesome journey. Amazing what you can learn by asking a few questions of your elders. Scott is a good example of an artist that never quit painting. Thanks, Scott. I am Larry Ford. This has been Limited Perspective, and I'll see you next time.